0: and welcome to the Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nibnick. Great to be back on the mic with you. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a little wolf killing episode for you guys this time. Going to be a little change of pace. Got Zach Owens on the show. Uh, Zach runs an Instagram handle called Beyond the Backcountry. He has a massive following. You probably have come across some of his stuff on there. Um, He does a lot of bow hunting, but he's got an obsession with trying to call in and kill wolves. Um, So I'm Anxious to get him on here and get to talking about all his past experiences um, from chasing wolves in Idaho and what he's learned, um, and and hear some of his stories. It's going to be exciting, you know. I uh, I can't, you know, I can say myself. I have this obsession for trying to eventually kill a wolf sometime. Unfortunately, living in Nebraska, it's just uh, I don't have the opportunity that uh, you know some Idaho and Montana, maybe Canada guys have. Um, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say, and hopefully, we can uh, you know get some great information. Um, out of Zach and, and stuff that uh, you know, not only myself can use, but uh, you guys can use as well. If uh, if you're in Wolf Country, but before we get going, I want to take a minute to talk a little bit about Onyx Hunt. Um, you know, there have been a, a product I've used for a lot of years. Um, to me, it's an essential tool when it comes to killing coyotes. Uh, land access is massive. I mean, it's one of the most important pieces of the puzzle when it comes to to coyote hunting and having successful coyote hunts uh, throughout the entire season. And you know, one of the tools I use to to line up more land and more land access is Onyx Hunt. Um, you know, not only does it show the private ground, it shows all the public access. And then when you're looking at the pu- the private access, it shows you landowner names and, and things like that. So, just a just a massively important tool to use when it comes to to lining up more ground and and to keep stands as fresh as possible throughout the season. So, if you're in the market, um, you can visit your app store on your phone, Onyx Hunt app, um, or if you want to check out, you know, see what they have to offer online, you can go to onxmaps.com. Well, Mr. Zach Owens, welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. I've been excited about this one. Probably much like a lot of predator hunters, I kind of got a, a little special place for wolves. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just yeah. unfortunate. I don't live in a place where we can go hunt them, um, but, but you do. And I'm I'm curious to pick your brain today on you know you've had some success you know a lot more success than some guys out there so um, you recently killed a couple of wolves just this season right?
1: Uh, just one so just far. One. Oh, I, I thought you did you kill yet. one yeah. earlier? Yeah,
0: well, I've been in on a October. couple of kills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I shot yeah. one in
1: October. So. Yeah,
0: well, that's 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 twice as many as I've ever been on. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm curious to to hear all about this stuff, man. I'm sure everybody else is too. But before we get going, you know, I always like to. Uh, you know, obviously you have a background in predator hunting at some some point or some extent. Um, so I always like my guests to kind of everybody seems to have a different story. So give a, give us a little background on kind of maybe how you got started hunting predators. I'm assuming it probably started as coyotes and probably evolved into wolves, if I'm yeah. guessing right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it, I'm 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 I, I guess because of my dad, I'd be probably at this point considered like a OG coyote hunter. Um, I mean, I'm 32. And, uh, I, uh, the first coyote that I ever shot myself was 20 years ago. I was 12 years old. Um, so, I mean, I've been a coyote for a long time (laughs) in all reality. Um, uh, my dad got me into it. He used to live in California and he was a huge, uh, huge coyote caller, bobcat caller down there. He trapped. Um, he actually still traps for a living. Um, and, uh, so, you know, he'd always, you know, during his, trap line he'd be out make a couple stands and um in california and so like some of my earliest memories as a kid are are them trap line and then right after that was like me trying to be quiet sitting next to my dad while we're coyote calling (laughs) so like it's i i that's that's probably in all reality trapping and, and and predator hunting is like the form of hunting i have done the longest nice I mean, my my dad is still so OG. I remember as a little kid in, in his hunting room, him, him having a, a cassette tape, rabbit sounds.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: That you could buy. Um, <laughs> he probably still has them. And then, you know, I think they were Berman brothers at the time. Uh, and so like, yeah, I used a Berman brothers uh, hand call to call in my first coyote. So
0: <laughs> That's funny. I was digging through my garage the other day and I came across my parents actually had it and, when I left for high school, went in the Marine Corps, they had a whole bunch of crap at their house, you know, and it wasn't just a handful of years ago. They were moving, moving houses and they found my old cassette tape predator caller, you know, mm-hmm. big Western rivers. And it's, I had it in this yep. big duck decoy bag and all the pockets were filled with like 20 cassette tapes, you know? And uh, <laughs> so I brought it home and showed my boys and they were, their mind was just blown. You know, they couldn't Got believe that. like you called that big piece of junk around.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Pretty Pretty crazy. And they weren't loud, like by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: I remember him putting them in this. Yeah. His little recorder was like, whatever it was that played them, literally it was like this big. And it was like, I, I could squeak with my voice, probably just as loud.
0: <laughs> and I, what I always <clears throat> specifically remember is, multiple times I'd you'd have a coyote coming and the tape would hit the end, <laughs> you know, and you would have to eject <laughs> Flip, it. The, tape. Man, flip the tape. Flip the tape. <laughs> He's still coming. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. So, so tell me about this first coyote. I, I always ask this for everybody to walk us through your first coyote you ever killed. I always love to hear people's stories on this.
1: Yeah. So I, I, in Idaho back then you had to be 12 years old, um, to, to big game hunt. And so I just turned 12. And my dad's like, all right, we, let's kill your first animal. You know, I I, had, I grew up, like, I grew up in the country, so I had free range. My dad's super, uh, had my whole life, probably overly cautious with, like, firearms. So I, I grew around him and was shooting them at such a young age. I kind of, I got a lot of freedom. So, like, I'd come home, you know, I, 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 think, I think eight years old, nine, uh, seven or eight, I'd come home. You know, do my homework as fast as I could, probably not even do it right. <laughs> Fill my pockets full of 22 shells back when you could, you know? Yeah, yeah. And a single shot 22, and I'd go out and shoot rock chucks and rabbits and birds and whatever else I could find. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, finally shooting an animal bigger than a rock truck or a rabbit, it, my dad was like, all right, ready? And I remember it was an evening hunt, and we just ran. Back then, nobody coyote hunted. Right. So, yeah, yeah. like, we had so many spots right outside of town that just like if it was still like that, I could kill so many <laughs> coyotes. I mean, you could, you could, I mean, half the time we'd sit down and lip squeak and a coyote would come running in, you know, yeah, before yeah. we even started calling. And uh, so we went to this canyon rim. Uh, I grew up, um, I live in Idaho. So there's the Snake River has a rim basically that runs like all the way around it. And it's a hot spot for coyotes and uh so we set up on the rim and and yeah i remember him him calling and i, I don't i don't remember what's no it kind of it popped up to our left which we could we, we were expecting it coming from the right there was a big bowl and we could see much better and uh we were you know we weren't skyline so we had to climb down a couple of ledges so we were like sitting on the cliff you know it's only like 10 foot drop right there yeah, but yeah. We we're like sitting there with our feet over the side uh, I forget what gun my dad had, but I had all we had at the time. I had a, a 1022, Ruger 1022 with a, a you know a thirty round uh, banana, banana mag. Which, if you remember the 1022s back in the day, and the, and the anything over, like I think anything over the ten rounder, you were lucky if it didn't jam. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so I remember sitting there, and, and and he's like, "One's coming to our left," and it was i don't know probably 40 yards 45 yards and my dad's like get ready you know no scope on it just open sights and my dad's like i'll stop him he's like just shoot him in the shoulder and uh he just squeaked him you know he stopped and looked up and i do he just dropped i hit him in the spine i hit him a little high
0: yeah.
1: and so he dropped and he's still moving you know so i'm trying to <laughs> shoot him again Well, I'm jammed after the first (laughs)
0: shot.
1: (laughs) And my adrenaline's going, so my dad's, like, grabbing the gun, trying to get unjammed. Eventually, by the time I had another round in, Kyle was dead. Um, But I actually was just looking at the picture of it the other day, cracking up. I'm wearing, like, whatever warm clothes I had the time, which, you know, I think I had one of my dad's old, like, BDU camo coats and, like, some (laughs) slick silver pants. Like, I, I just... It was. I'm. I'm wearing this goofy camo hat that's like six sizes too big, <laughs> and I got my Berman brothers calling me, and I was like, I. I, yeah. I remember. I remember that I actually had shot a coyote before that with a thirty thirty. Just, you know, just when we were out, I just shot one. So it was my first cow that I shot, but first called in coyote. That was that was it, and uh, I remember just being like instantly hooked. I ended up. I don't actually remember the first coyote that I called in by myself and shot, but I remember the first coyote I called in by myself. It was just right. You know, I walked from my house, like 500 yards. I live way out in the country and, and I ended up calling a coyote and he, he circled around me. I don't think I set up right, but I remember just like having to look behind me and seeing this, Coyote scared me. And <laughs> I, again, I had the 1022, and I think I dumped a mag at him. I probably didn't jam, but I didn't kill him. But I, that was the first coyote that I called in just by myself. And I mean, the adrenaline, and like, I remember just sprinting home to tell my dad, like, I called in a coyote. So
0: it's That's uh, impressive yeah, with the 1022, man. Yeah, definitely not the ideal. I, I wonder, you know, what if you, I'm always curious, you know, I've never, I don't know if I've ever even shot a coyote with a 22. What do you, if you'd have put you know in that train you're on that rim of that river if you'd have tucked it right like through the ribs and got him in double lung yeah right behind the shoulder yeah you think you'd have found him you think he'd ran 100 yards you think you'd still found him clear down buried in the sage somewhere
1: uh, yeah he probably ran 300 yard you know <laughs> it's coyote like, <laughs> yeah yeah coyotes are so i feel like coyotes are so underappreciated for their toughness you know you're everybody's using these you know target bullets or the you know these these varmint bullets that just explode so you're so I mean so many coyotes are just dropping when you hit them but it's like you shoot a coyote bad i mean it is crazy how far a coyote will go three legs (laughs) like it is crazy
0: yeah it's i always tell people man if you if you're on blood and you and you look for a hundred yards and you haven't found that coyote, I mean, your odds at that point are like way low that you're ever. Oh, dude, I've find tracked,
1: I, I've had the reshoot coyotes that I tracked for like a mile before.
0: <laughs> just like stayed
1: after them, you know, found them in a culvert. Yeah, yeah. Or in an irrigation pipe. It blows your mind how small a coyote can, what kind of, you know, irrigation pipe a coyote will crawl down in.
0: It's like a coyote, you know, a big game animal, you know, they always say, hey, back out. And they just kind of naturally want to lay up. It's like a coyote just, like, gets kicked into overdrive when they're wounded. They just don't stop. They just go, 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 unless they finally get sick, so sick that they can't, you know? Yeah. They don't stop. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, the first coyote I shot with my bow, I actually still, and I'm a bow hunter, right? And, like, that's what I do. And I still have never killed or recovered a coyote I shot with my bow. And, I mean, I actually went on a spree of just coyote calling with my bow. (laughs) And it was, I was the most frustrating thing by myself trying to shoot a coyote with a bow by yourself with no decoy dog, with no setup being great. Like I I, I remember after like the 15th coyote, I called in and saw me draw or just ducked my arrow or something. I was like, all right, I'm done doing (laughs) this. But, uh, I, uh, I snuck in on weird, I was deer hunting with my dad once and I happened to look down off that Canyon rim, and, uh, I happened to, I saw something move and I pulled out my bite on a coyote's ears it was sitting behind this bush and uh i told my dad i'm like i'm gonna go try to stalk in on that coyote and shoot it and i always tell people it's it's a lot easier to stalk a predator and 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 this is with bears wolves mountain lions i've just noticed like that you know it's a predator so it's like it's not used to being hunted yeah is what it seems like so it's a it's a different type of you know that coyote never once turned its head it just looked down the mountain the whole time, you know, it would scan, but it was just looking down the whole time. I ended up getting to like 10 yards of this thing. I don't know how I got that close. And and I had to shoot through the bush and I shot through the bush. And I think I just center punched him like through the middle of the body. And I tracked him for this little <laughs> pin drop. So I'm like, I'm finding this thing and I never found it.
0: <laughs> Have you ever, uh, did you ever see that Verminator Bowmania mania video that Rick Blit put out? you ever watch that one back in like the early 2000s? Uh-uh. Did you even know about that? So Rick's been on the podcast no. quite a bit, you know, they actually filmed a pret down in Kansas shooting bobcats and coyotes with bows. And it took them three years, awesome. took them three years to get enough kills to even have one, you know, video and DVD. Yeah. But he talks unless a lot about.
1: The unless coy- you're Tim Wells.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <Dude's Wow. nuts. laughs> I know, <laughs> but he was saying, you know, and this is back in, you know, these are bows that they had probably mid-90s, late-90s bows, so they weren't crazy Big fast difference. like they are today. Yeah. But he said a lot of times at 20 yards, they'd have a coyote in broadside coming in, and they would let the let the arrow go, and the coyote would do a complete 180, like to run to get out of there, and the arrow would actually hit it on the opposite side of where it was standing because they were so fast. <laughs> I mean – Oh, I've,
1: I've had them dodge my arrows. I mean,
0: antelope. I, I've shot antelope on the opposite side of the body. <laughs>
1: It's, it, it, yeah, and a coyote's so quick, it's just like like Tim Wells, like watching him shoot coyotes with the bow because you know the guy's making forty yard sprinting coyote shots and hitting him right behind the shoulder. It's yeah. like it is wild.
0: Yeah, my boys were watching one of his YouTube videos the other day, and he was down in Mexico. <laughs> like I think he shot a quad. He shot a quad with his bow. It. Did you see that it one? In,
1: it's insane. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> me as a
0: me as a gun hunter, I'm like, damn, I'm gonna go there with a gun. Heck, I might get like six on a stand, you know?
1: (laughs) Literally. Oh, he called in. I couldn't believe how many cows he was calling.
0: Oh, yeah. Just tired after kind of, and they're coming in in packs, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy video. (laughs) So, progressing through the years now, you know, you've kind of got the the bug for this wolf hunting. Obviously, you know, I'm assuming it's more of a challenge. It's just, obviously, a bigger prize. You know, you've kind of steered away from the, you know, through our conversations, you've kind of steered away from the cow down a little bit. And you spend, you know, if you have a chance to go hunt predators now, you're spending it chasing wolves now, right?
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I have hounds. I actually I'm I'm getting out of hounds right now. My best hound died. He was twelve. And uh I kind of just lost the taste for it for a little bit. And uh so so the last few winters I've I've struggled with, well, I gotta get my dogs out, you know, but I also want to go wolf hunt. You know in the winter. So it's been it's that's been like super tough, like spending all the time. But back before I before I had hounds, I still had a couple of hounds, but before I was really hound hunting a lot, I uh I don't even remember what year 2010 or nine or eight or seven or something like that is when when you were able to hunt wolves in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And I think it was I think it was a couple years into the season, maybe two years into the season I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to shoot a, I want to shoot a wolf. Like, that's like my, no, I went to like number one on the list. And I went into this knowing absolutely nothing about wolf hunting. I couldn't ask somebody, you know, wolf is so much different. Like, like I kind of told you before off air, you can, there's any other species, right? You can, you can YouTube, you can Google, you can go on a forum. You can ask your buddy, Hey, how do I call an elk? What do i what kind of terrain do I look for? Like all these things, right? And a wolf besides Canada and Alaska, nobody was hunting them. And and those guys weren't going out.
0: Yeah, that's a different Still, game. Still
1: yeah, you never see either baiting them, they're trapping them. Maybe they're calling them in by by happenstance, you know, while they're elk hunting, moose hunting, something like that. It's just it's a totally different ball game. So I went into it with zero knowledge. Um so you're like, basically just using your
0: coyote hunting background as means all you had to go off of yeah
1: that in the end just like i had called in so i was spring bear hunting two years after season opened wolf was closed during that time of the year there was a small window when they opened up the season and so i was spring bear hunting and i was blind calling for a bear which also isn't the best for bears but uh i've always wanted to call in a bear and shoot with my bow so i was i, I just sat down and I was up in the mountains and I was I was with my brother in law, I had my bow, he had his rifle. And uh I was using uh the I'm a hand call guy. I, I have electronic calls, but like I've, I've shot 99% of my coyotes with a hand call. Yeah. You know, I'm like I'm one of those guys. I'm like a purist. Yeah, so yeah. I so I've always used I got I and, 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 you know, it's a lot of times you you learn something from somebody and then you stick with it. So my dad, like his favorite like pitch was uh was a, a, a horseshoe, uh, uh, not a horseshoe. So, uh, what, what, uh, snowshoe hare. Oh yeah. Sn- like it, it's like a different yeah, it's pitch. A little higher um, pitched, yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's what I've always used in the desert. And then, so obviously I'm going to the mountains where snowshoe hares are. I'm trying to call in a bear. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go with this call. And we sat down, I probably called for maybe two minutes and I see movement up on the hill in front of me and i'm like what is that and i'm like my i got the camera on video camera and i told my brother i'm like it's a wolf this wolf comes down to 15 yards in the wide open and just stands there on film he's just standing there 15 yards. I, I mean i could have shot him with my bow 50 times my brother had a rifle season was closed and uh and like he's just standing there looking at us in the wide open it's like 11 o'clock in the morning too so it's bright sunny like it's it's some wild footage and 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 i'm like hey wolf and he's just like i mean i said it that loud he's just like standing there and he just kind of keeps i mean we could have shot him for 10 more minutes he just hung out so we're sitting there freaking out about how cool it was and and uh i, I i'm the whole time he was there i was just lip squeaking with him you know playing with him a little bit and he was going back and forth they weren't getting hunted a lot back then at all you know so they were so like not scared of people as much and uh Eventually, I'd my brother-in-law was like, hey, what's that? And I looked to the right. And right behind it, another one comes in, oh. comes to 10 yards, oh my exact same, exact same route, 10 yards, same thing, got on film. And it was just like one of the most wild experiences. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, like this is totally doable, right? Like I can just, oh, yeah. I can just yeah, go yeah, call these in dumb, a wolf. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can just go call in a wolf like a coyote. And so that winter is when I started and man, it was eye opening. I mean, I would drive, you know, three and a half hours in the dark, start hiking in the dark. And, uh, I mean, I had days. So I had a, I, I kept a journal, uh, a wolf hunting journal. And, uh, I, I had days in the snow without snowshoes that I did like 17, 18, 19. I think one day I did like 22 miles. I, I didn't know what I was doing, right? So I'd just go to a spot where where I knew there'd probably be wolves or where I thought they would probably yeah, be wolves.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would just hike and I would just set up like a coyote. Well, when you're in the mountains like that, when you call an area, it's so big and you're covering so much country, you got to hike miles to get to another spot to call. So that's all I was doing. Just calling, calling. I'd find, I'd hear them howl every once in a while. I would find elk that they just killed. Literally one time, this elk was like, barely touched steaming they had killed it 30 minutes ago and i could see everything around in the snow and i i never saw them i sat there and i called i drove home and drove back to that elk 3 days in a row every day there's less elk you know cuz they were eating it <laughs> yeah yeah never saw them never heard them no, i I, I have no idea <laughs> i have no idea what happened but so fast forward i want to say four years of doing that in the winter and uh yet to see one so i'm on day day 69 uh in four years in the field and it would always just be day hunts you know so that's 69 different times i drove up to the mountains yeah yeah. and uh i i was hiking this ridge and i heard a couple howl And I howled back and they were howling with me. And so I knew they, I figured they were bedded right on top of this ridge in this little saddle. And uh, so I was like, okay, I got to go all the way around this mountain. This was like later in the winter, this time of the year, I think it was in March. And uh, so about this time of the year. And so the snow was still deep that year, but I I mean, I I think that hike around to those wolves was literally the worst hike of my entire life. I mean, I was falling in snowdrifts up to my armpits trying to dig my way out (laughs) trying to go up around and so I make it around and I'm working down a super loud snow and and I, I should have gone you know going back because this is a lot of years ago going back I, I could have just totally took my time I didn't want to call because I was scared I was like I think my best odds is just shooting one sneak you know? in there yeah yeah and uh so it was it was way too loud now I would have called him in um but uh I, I snuck I, I started sneaking down and I'm like I just didn't take my time. I should have had like the bow hunting mentality of really, really taking my time. I think the excitement, all that, you know, and I, I remember just like walking through these trees and all of a sudden I see a flash and there's a black wolf goes over the hill and then a gray one runs straight down. So I just sprint down probably a hundred yards, drop down, put my put my bipod up, I had a seven mag, and uh, I just barked just like a coyote and this wolf stops broadside. There's bushes in the way. It was 125 yards. Um, and, and I boom, just I think shot right over his back. I just rushed it. It was like it was like seeing a unicorn for the first time. You know what I mean? Like it, I couldn't believe that I'd actually saw one. It was the first wolf I ever saw. And That's I was wolf hunting. So sixty
0: nine like, days later.
1: Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Cause at this point I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to kill one. I don't even know if this is possible, you know? And, uh, I, I missed, and I mean, I dumped my it's running down the hill and I don't even know where I hit, but I know I missed there was snow and I went and looked and I sat on the mountain for, I don't know, an hour, may have shed a tear or two. <laughs> and Just like in self pity and, uh, was so discouraged the next year I did not wolf hunt one time.
0: Dang. took it hard yeah
1: yeah i took it hard hard um (laughs) and then and then uh yeah and then the next year i was like i'm gonna wolf hunt again this year and i so fast forwarding to my first wolf i uh we we had this elk spot i I, there was some conflict with work i couldn't go up there and my my father-in-law took my wife out and uh i get the in-reach message i was gonna go up the next day but i get the in-reach message like sam shot a bull my wife killed the bull and it's a it's a shithole like to pack an elk out yeah, we've packed a lot of bulls out of there and i'm like all right cool i gotta come up and help him pack this you know my wife was pregnant at the time so oh, it was geez. just gonna be my father-in-law yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and um, so I, I make the drive all the way up there get there in the night and i have my rifle because i've seen a lot of wolf tracks in there i never heard them or seen them in there i've just seen a lot of wolf tracks and i'm like i'm like you know packing an elk out do I want to carry a rifle in there I'm like if I don't carry a rifle I'll probably steal wolf for something so I'm like I'm, screw it I'm just going to carry my rifle we get down to the elk my my father-in-law had cut it up the next day and so we're we're we a heavy load he took one trip out so we had we were just going to finish it so I had a heavy load in my pack and we're literally sitting there eating something and right across the canyon you know probably 800,000 yards away a whole pack just lights up the reason they lit up actually is because a bull bugled in the bottom and this is this is mid mid-october snow everywhere and this bull bugles below us my father-in-law was still had an elk tag you know and so he's calling with this bull this bull ends up coming up he could have shot it was a five point he was like i'm not shooting a five point we already have an elk in here i'm not packing that five point out of here you know and i was like fine by me <laughs> yeah. and so uh that that bull just like just kept popping off and all of a sudden this whole pack just lights up across the canyon and uh i can um i convinced my father-in-law to also carry his rifle so we both had guns and so i started howling with them and boom they're just talking 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 back and forth and i'm creeping my way we're in a huge burn their side has some timber but there's burn patches it's snow burn trees snow Really hard to see a wolf, oh, yeah. not like real hard <laughs> since they're all gray and black and yeah, you know. yeah. So I finally make it down there and I see a black one. My range it was 350, and we're on such a steep slope. I'm trying to get set up some way to shoot, and I cannot get set up. Like you just could not get steady. I finally find this log that's high, and I get my tripod on. And I'm like, oh, perfect, my bipod. And I'm like, all right. And he kind of disappears and I keep howling and there. And then I keep seeing flashes of him. And this one kind of comes down and he stops. And I had it ranged in my scope dialed. And I'm like, all right, 350, boom, I shoot him. And I hear, like, you know, I lose it in the recoil. I'm shooting a six, five by 300 Weatherby. And, uh, which is a really, really fast round. And so when I say I dialed at 350, even, even my gun sighted, my gun was sighted in at like 200. So I'm basically two clicks, you yeah, know. A couple clicks, yeah. Uh, yeah, literally and uh <laughs> I I I lost him in the recoil but I heard him, you know, bark, so I know I hit him and uh I dialed my scope back down just back to 200 and I happened to see him running straight downhill so I knew I hit him and I I just I was like 300 and I just let him and if you it, it's funny you probably know this if you've shot a lot of coyotes in your life which cuz I used to shoot a lot of coyotes and uh I'm notorious for missing the broadside shot perfectly at a hundred yards and then hitting them again <laughs> like on a dead run. That's like <laughs> yeah. my, that's like my MO. <laughs> and uh, so I've killed a lot of, a lot of tiny little coyotes at a dead sprint. And uh, so I feel pretty comfortable, you know, shooting fast and swinging my gun and leading coyotes and stuff. And yeah, I ended up rolling him on a second shot at 300 on a dead run. Oh, and geez. I was just like, ah. just like screamed so loud. My father and I was like, well, he was over to the right trying to find a shooting lane. And he's like, Did you kill him? I was like, I got him. And uh, so I start, we're like talking, talking. Well, the wolves start howling again. And uh, so I start howling with them. howling, howling. I'm like, let's get set up. Maybe they'll come back in. And uh, you know, after probably 30 minutes, all of a sudden, we see one coming down the hill. And he's just set up on my gun. Cause I knew my gun was ready to go, you know, and, and this, this gun comes or this wolf comes in and it's, it's standing probably 30 yards from the wolf I just shot and uh, it beds down. Oh man. And, and there's this log laying there and it beds right behind it. So you literally can see this much of his back and it's head and neck and, and it's still not a perfect rest. You know, it's as good as we could get. And so I dialed, it was right it was right at like 320 or something. I dialed my scope perfect. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, man. I told my phone, I'm like, you get one too. That'd be so cool. You know, if we both shoot our first wolf and double up and he's trying to get set up. We moved like six times trying to get set up. This wolf hadn't moved. And uh, finally he just goes back to where I was and he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm like, just try. He's like, you shoot it. You know, you're, you're on it, you're And I was like, no, I want you to try, you know, this is such a cool thing. Like I already killed one. I want you to get one, even though I had another tag. And so he lays behind the gun and he shoots. The wolf takes off way up the mountain. I saw it run forever. So we're like, dang, we missed. We go over there and uh, he had hit the top of the log. Because oh, I, I said, I, I told him, I was like, try to hit like the very top of the log, you know. And the bullet just wasn't able. It was a pretty good sized tree. and yeah, yeah. Not that dead and the bullet just couldn't get through it. Oh, so geez. there the sticks blew hair off of its back and stuff. So laying right <laughs> there, but my wolf, my wolf was right there. It was a small wolf. It was young, but man, I was like after that, I was like, I'm gonna kill more of these. This was like the coolest experience of my life. So I was like totally rejuvenated and like rehooked on wolf hunting after that.
0: You know that's funny you say you know 69 days this is really you know you kill the wolf you, you weren't even really looking for wolves when you finally killed one. You know, I've yeah. been up to, I've been up to Idaho twice, specifically after wolves once was with Lane Bangor, which, you know, well, um, yep. first time I, you know, Lane was actually part of the whole reintroduction of those wolves up in that bear Valley area by what yeah. Stanley, I think, is that where they kind of yep. introduced yep. those? I mean, he you know, wasn't
1: like, for it or a fan of it, but no.
0: Yeah. He was just the government trapper kind of Yep. them <laughs> him at the time yeah um, so that's who I went with and he's like wow let's go up to bear valley man I think you know and and you know so I've been up up to Idaho two two times in a total of we hunted six days you know so that just goes to show and that was the main thing I learned from those two trips was like this is not even close to being enough time to get this especially me showing up to an area I've never even been to yeah and then I'm like, I'm like I told my dad my dad went with me both times and I'm like dude we got three days to do this I like this is like yeah this is impossible at this point you know we you know we we tasted the waters a little bit and it's just not going to be happening for you to tell a story that you live right there and you were able to go up and you know the area and you know 69 days into it i mean it's it tells you you know it's it's like a needle in a haystack i mean is that kind of how you'd refer to this you know wolf hunting just the craziest roughest terrain you could ever imagine and then try to stick a pack of wolves in the middle of it and you got to find them it's
1: yeah, and their range is so big. People don't realize, like, they just move. They, you know, they they, they move so far. Um, the winter's a little bit different, you know, because they got to stay where the animals are, and so they don't need to run their 60-mile, you know, home range because, you know, three-quarters of it probably doesn't even have game in it because of the snow, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's no need for them to go there because there's not other wolves there because that's why they're running their range, right? They're keeping mm-hmm. the other wolves
0: out of it. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I wanted to take a second to tell you a little bit about Black Rifle Coffee Company. Now, their mission is simple, to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. Now, they've developed their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus they learned as military members serving this great country. And they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. Now, we all know those first stands of the morning come early, and even those midday stands can be a drag, and caffeine and coffee are our friends. So, if you're looking for a new line of hot roast coffees or even some of their cold brews, you can go to their website and see what they have to offer. Now, one thing I want to tell you about is their coffee club subscriptions. These allow for automatic deliveries on your schedule and also give you exclusive discounts with over 50 industry partners. So, if you would like more information on these coffee club subscriptions that Black Rifle Coffee Company has to offer, visit blackriflecoffee.com. Now, back to the podcast.
1: And and so Honestly, over the last three years, the hard, I try to tell everybody the hardest thing is honestly, it's, it's just finding them by far the hardest thing about it. i agree. Right? And, and I've only done it, it for six
0: days. Them. And that was the, the number one thing I thought was this. It's just finding them. It's like, yep. They just
1: move so much and it's just one of those things, but like the, over the last three years, and this is just from 10 years of wolf hunting is like, I mean, I, I like. I finally feel like so confident. I mean, for example, this year, I don't even. I've went out four or five times. I think I've went out five times, and only one time did I not see wolves this year. Um, so so that's the difference that's awesome. of just years of 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 learning packs, learning home ranges and stuff. It's just taken me so long, and and now now that I'm hunting. I look back on the years of, of just aimlessly walking and, and calling and it, I, I like the story part of it, but it drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, man, I'd be <laughs> at like 50 wolves by now. If I knew what I knew right now, back then when nobody was hunting them, because nobody was on, I don't remember one time in five, six years seeing a person out and, and, and then telling me they're wolf hunting. Now it's common. I, I see guys all the time when I'm out and I'm like, this is it, yeah guys it, were just you know, shooting as targets popular. of opportunity
0: when they're at elk hunting deer hunting that's that's still what it is in all yeah,
1: reality 99 yeah. percent of them that's how they're getting shot like for a guy to go out wolf hunting and kill a wolf is like still insanely rare and uh like i said there's, there's just no info so a lot of these guys are just kind of going into this blind um there's these guys in north idaho that's stuck in the rut guys and and they kill a lot of wolves. Um, it's different terrain so that I've talked with them quite a bit. We our styles of hunting them is different, but they're very very effective and they've shot a lot of wolves. And uh, they just came out with like a master class. Um I think you have to buy it, but honestly, it's the only info on wolf hunting I know that's out there that I would I would trust. I would what those guys are saying, I would trust. So right now that's the only Type of info out there still to this day on wolf hunting
0: would you say you know because i'm kind of relating this to coyote hunting a little bit to me a lot of what makes a good coyote hunter is is knowing where coyotes are at i mean you know you have a vast amount of country out there whether you're calling a big sagebrush area whatever the train may be it all looks you know from a brief look it all looks the same but it's not you know there's bits of micro train in there and and being able to pick apart where i think those coyotes are going to be so where am i making my specific stand within that you know 10 square miles or whatever it may be to me that's that's something that i've learned in coyote hunting is it what makes me a little bit better coyote hunter than some other guys is because i can yeah just do you do you think that's the same way now just after you know you've kind of figured out the little patterns and the little pieces of micro terrain where these wolves hang out when you're looking across the vast mountain chain
1: <laughs> It's still it no, it's still way different. A lot of them, like the one I killed in October, for instance, this year, I just I knew there was wolves there from the elk hunting it. I, I've seen their tracks enough. I know there's enough game in there. I knew that would be an area they're 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 in, you know. So I was always ready. Like my wife was deer hunting, but I carried my rifle and I wasn't even hunting, but I I, I knew I knew we were gonna get into them, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, but uh the it's, it's so different because there's there's a lot of them in Idaho, right? They kill so much. But if you think about – they say there's 1,500, right? I don't know how it's even remotely possible to have a count on them with how elusive they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. But just, just – let's just say there was, right? Their goal was 150, by the way, so we're a little bit over <laughs> our targeted goal. Um, so – Good luck, Colorado. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're, they're screwed. So fifteen hundred wolves in the whole state of Idaho. You've been to Idaho. Idaho is some of the rugged, oh man, yeah. rugged, nasty, steep country, remote, like on planet Earth. So it's like if if a pack, say say your average pack, I, I'm a, I think the average pack in Idaho is like four to six wolves, right? So if they have a sixty mile radius, you're trying to find four to six wolves. You know, every once in a while, a single or a double will come through, but, but basically you're trying to find that in a 60 mile radius in some of the nastiest, steepest country on planet earth. So it's not just like, I can't just look at an area. I can look at a huge area and and know where the, where the feed is the deer and elk, and also know that wolves always travel. They love ridgetops, you know? Yeah, yeah, and so I I can you know I can narrow it down there like the odds of this huge valley floor they're not going to be down there they're going to be on the sides of it on the tops that's about still as far as you can narrow it it's not like I can look at a place and be like oh I can go up that canyon calling a wolf like they're so they move so much it's so hard to like yeah it's there's so many coyotes in all reality which is oh, funny because yeah. it seems like it doesn't I swear the more coyotes you kill, the more coyotes there are. It, it's yeah, like yeah. the most, it's like the weirdest thing. Like, I think they like have bigger litters to try oh, to. Yeah, that's like, I, a, that's
0: like a scientific fact. Scientific.
1: Yeah. It, and it's, and it's wild. And, and I'm, I'm under the impression that's what wolves do as well, because we've killed about the same amount for the last three years. And our population has stayed about the same. Um, so, and, and these, these packs I'm hunting, I've hunted these, some of these same packs for six years. And, you know, I'll kill a wolf out of there or somebody will kill a wolf out of there. And, and uh, you know, it'll be the same size the next year. It'll be five or six wolves for the last six years. And I've shot wolves out of there. And I know other people who've shot wolves out of that pack. And uh, it, it's it's like, it's never ending. It's it's like, oh, it's it's wild, man. There's like, no, it, you know, and, and coyotes is different, right? I, I know, you know, well, used to be, I knew I could go, like you said, like I, I knew there were some farmers' oh, yeah, the honey fields, hole spot, so I right? know they yeah. can mouse. You know, I know they mouse in those fields. There's plenty of stage. There's still jacks back when there was jack Rabbit. I was like, you know, I can call this. I can call this fence line, and there's going to be a coyote somewhere. And 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 wolves are. It's actually the more I think about it, the more it, it's it's a lot different. It's a lot different. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think. The main thing though, for me, like calling them, because there's a lot of guys, I know a guy, a couple guys who are, are pretty successful and they just spot and stalk them. And so for calling them, that's what I can relate to coyotes more than anything is like knowing, you know, vocalization, like I'm finally at the point where I know what that how means, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know what time of the year it is. So I don't know if I'm going to do a, a lo- you know, a lone female wolf owl or and it's the same thing with coyotes, right? Or I know what food food's in the area, that kind of thing. It's, that would be the, probably the main similarity is the actual calling part. But as far as like location and finding them, you just have to, it's nothing but time. That's what I try to tell everybody. Like everybody wants to shoot a wolf. Like yeah, that's so high on everybody. everybody's like, I, I trade a lot of hunts through social media, so I, the, I'll go to their state, and they'll, you know, I'll go deer hunt with them, and then they're like, all right, and then they'll come to Idaho the next year and hunt with me, you know. Yeah. And uh, everybody's like, oh, I want you to shoot a wolf, and I'm like, well, how many weeks do you have? <laughs> Can you come yeah. up for three weeks? Yeah. Because I could probably put you on some. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's so, it's such a, it's time. I tell everybody, I'm like, you want to kill a wolf, like. Get lucky. Um, be ready. Like last year, for instance, I'm so obsessed with wolf hunting now, and and all I do for any big game animal is bow hunt, right? And I'm so obsessed with wolf hunting. My my early season August deer hunt for four or five days. It was five or six. I was a uh, five or six days. I carried a rifle with my pet, my my pack gear and my bow every day. I was like, why the did I carry this? You know, I'm like, this is so heavy. I should not have this. I'm already counting my You know, I'm counting my weight in my pack, you know, I'm bivy hunting. And then I throw a 10-pound rifle on there. (laughs) And I'm like, this is stupid. (laughs) I ended up calling two wolves in and almost got a shot on them. So I was like, I would have never had an opportunity if I didn't carry that. But, like, that's how obsessed I am. I'm willing to just carry that extra weight just to kill a wolf now. Because it's just, it's so rare and it's such a, it's such a weird, like, I'm still yeah I, personally myself, I've only killed four, but i have like it's such a different I've shot a lot of deer, a lot of elk, a lot of bear, mountain lions, antelope, whatever, and it's still like, and that's shooting with a bow, and there's still no comparison when i when I kill a wolf. It's like the most insane
0: so with you adrenaline with rush of, with you saying you know you kind of go after these same packs and you're kind of these same packs from the same area. Is there a specific wolf you've seen for, you know, because obviously wolves are colored different than coyotes, so you can yeah. maybe you can maybe pick out a specific wolf. Is there one that you've seen now for a couple of years, and you're like, man, that's the one I want to try to get.
1: Dude, my dream wolf. I, I hunted him for, I saw him for five years, and uh, he was like, I remember when I first saw this this pack's tracks. I, 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 you know, all wolf. If you've seen a wolf track, they just they're all feet. Like yep. they're just wild feet, how big their feet are. And I remember see, driving down the road and I, fresh snow and I see this pack of wolf tracks and I'm like, oh, I get out. And I see this wolf that, dude, it looked fake. <laughs> I mean, this thing, the, still, it's for this day, still to this day, like a dinner plate track, like I, I could, and I followed it because I'm like, oh, is it melted out? And it was not like, and I remember just being like, oh my gosh, like this is wild well, later that year, I saw their tracks a few more times and I kept seeing his track and I ended up seeing them. And I saw this wolf, I'm, I'm, they're all bedded on this ridge about a mile away and I'm looking at him and I see this wolf and I'm like, that's him. And it, it was like, he dwarfed these other wolves. And I mean, he was the coolest co he was. So I think he probably started out as a black wolf, but he was so, I think he was so old and gray that he turned into like this blue color. He was like this blue, white, like looked fake. Like it, like there was another black one in the pack and they looked like completely opposite, you know? And so five years I saw him on and off, never, I didn't really know how to call him in. I didn't know how to get close. There was so deep of snow and those feet, you know, they just, they they like Snowshoes
0: almost. Yeah, and, and
1: I'm on snowshoes in this, you know, I'm on snowshoes in in this powder sinking two feet still in snowshoes and i'm climbing a mountain like this so it's like i i can't even you know i I can't tell you how many times I, i saw them and was like i can't even make a play at them and uh so long story short a couple years ago um he disappeared. He wasn't in the pack anymore. I'm like, dang, somebody killed him or died of old age or something. And then uh, I think two years ago, the, uh, an outfitter up there had ended up shooting him. And they had never seen a wolf like that. They had it, like, mounted in their lodge. Because he like, had no teeth left, I guess. And he was gigantic. just an old ancient. And that was like, if I knew what I knew right now when I was hunting him, I for sure would have killed him. Because there was nobody wolf hunting back then in this area like nobody and uh man that was like because i want one to full body mount i've been waiting for the perfect wolf you know yeah yeah and uh so like i learned now like october november like a coyote it's like their 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 hide is so perfect right man and uh because i think later in the winter i'm under the impression later in the winter i don't know if this is true this is just what i assume is like from laying down so much in that frozen snow or running through that frozen snow it like pulls all their longer guard hairs out. So they're still thick later in like January, February, but it's not like it is like October, November, when they get that first perfect, like winter coat. And that's so exactly I know like
0: coyotes, you know, they call, you know, coyotes get rubbed later in the season on yep. their, on their back yep. hips usually. And that's because yeah, coyotes laying first. in the snow, the body heat melts the snow a little bit, the long hairs refreeze in the snow out. and then they stand up and it just keeps doing that, you know? multiple times a day yeah. for a so month then
1: that, is, then that is what's happening with wolves and there's yeah. no you know where the wolves are they ain't getting out of snow ever no, no. deep snow so it's uh so like yeah that was, i'm waiting for that just giant male in like that october november you know frame to get full body mounted but yeah they, you, they, did
0: they ever did that outfitter did they ever say what that that big one weighed that old one no, no. i never
1: found out no i can't i can't I've gotten two of mine out whole, like purposely packed them out. One actually died. I shot him and he ran a long way before I had to shoot him again. And he uh, he died like 45 yards from a four-wheeler trail, oh, which dude. was awesome. So I got to get him out. <laughs> but then the other one that I shot that same year, I, uh, I packed it out whole because I wanted to weigh it. Like I'm a big predator hunter, right? So coyotes, bears, uh, mountain lions, Nothing gets, I don't care if you deer and elk hunt and you think people exaggerate on the size of a deer and elk, nothing compares to coyotes, wolves, bears, and not lions of the drastic over exaggeration of how big they are. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know how many people have shot 50 pound coyotes?
0: Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's like, so I'm like, I'm not. So, yeah, you hear these stories on of 150 pound
0: this. wolves. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's pounds. absolutely not true. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: they, yeah. People think they're 200 pounds. Like they look so big, but it's all hair. So like the, my biggest one was, was 95 or 90, 95, got, uh, a black one. And then the the other one I shot that year was 92 and I packed him out. I just threw him in my pack and packed him out swinging and it was brutal, but I got him all the way out just to weigh him. I'm going to, I started carrying a scale, so I don't have to do that, but uh, cause that's <laughs> what I used to do with bears in mountain lions. I, I carried a scale because I'm like, I want to get, I want to know for myself. Plus I would like to be able to tell people like,
0: yeah. of so just guessing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because they get
1: over, you know, there's so many 200 pound mountain lions shot and so many 400 pound bears. And I was like, Nope, I've weighed a lot of bears and that bear didn't weigh 400 pounds.
0: You know, Lane t- told me a story, you know, when he was trapping the, when those wolves started first repopulating after they reintroduced them, because I asked him the same question, I'm like I hear all these stories, and he's like the biggest one he ever trapped. He said it was a big black one, and he had to, he when he collared him, he had to wham, you yeah. know, and do all that stuff that the state wanted or feds wanted, whatever it was. Uh, and he said the biggest one he ever trapped was 118 pounds, and he said it was the biggest wolf he'd ever been around. Oh, and 118. Like, so yeah, you, you hear these stories, these 150 and that's this and all that. It and is. I'm like, ah, you know,
1: yeah, and it's like I think the Idaho record in the books, like fishing game like confirmed is like so i'm sure it was trapped and collared or something like that or shot from a plane or something i think it was like 124 or something like that and and it's funny what a little bit of weight how much in in a dog coyotes are are a perfect example you know a 10 pound difference in a coyote is you know a 30 pound coyote compared to a 40 pound coyote there's like no comparison when you yeah, see a 40-pound yeah. tire you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, chest this thing could kill an elk. You know, yeah, literally. And uh, and so, yeah, it's, that's just, that'll probably never go away of people exaggerating. Like, people I know that have shot them, they'll show me a picture. I'm like, man, that's a big one. They're like, yeah, yeah, it was this big. And I'm like, oh, you weighed it? They're like, no. I'm like, okay. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. Uh,
0: so what uh you know, nowadays, you know, what what's your go-to caliber for shooting these wolves i mean are you, do you have a uh, specific gun you set up for wolves that that you use i, I did
1: I, I i built so i built an ar-10 in 6.5 creedmoor um reason being is because a couple of the wolves that i shot if i would have had a semi-auto i i, I could have shot two three four wolves and so i'm like all right I need something where I can shoot far, but have fast follow-up shots. And I've always been a bolt action guy uh for coyotes. When I scout hunt a bunch, like I actually shot a 30 out six for every coyote tournament. Every <laughs> I probably killed three. I don't even know how many coyotes I shot
0: just 30 out six, but it was insane. You weren't shooting the accelerators, were you? You remember those? No, they did no. oh absolutely yeah. they,
1: no you you'd shoot one perfect and the next one would be two yeah, feet yeah. high right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, no, I would actually, this is funny. I'm broke, right? This is the only rifle I have, just a young kid out of high school, you know? And, uh, so I would buy, I'd go to army surplus and I'd buy a bunch of, uh, green tip armor piercers. Oh, so I, I don't know how many, I, I, well over a hundred coyotes with a green tip armor piercer, which is hilarious because you shoot them behind the shoulder. Sometimes if they were close enough, just, just the you know 150 grain, like there was enough mm, sometime it would knock them down. But I mean, I remember shooting them behind the shoulder and watching them run hundred yards before they fell. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's just zipping through. Yeah, definitely not ideal. But I shot that gun so much, and I was so comfortable with it. Like, still to this day, I have buddies that are like, "Remember that coyote you shot at like three hundred yards on a run?" And I was like, "I just felt so comfortable with that gun." You know, it was one of those things. I'd rather. It doesn't matter what caliber it is. In all reality, like it. It should be whatever you feel the most comfortable shooting. Oh, for sure. So, so I built this gun for wolves for that reason. I'm going to build a long-range bolt gun because it, it, it will depend on the terrain I'm hunting, right? If I know I am call them in close, I'd rather have that AR. But in all reality, I would. I, I wish I was shooting a if, – if I could find one light enough, because I built this thing carbon and everything, so it weighs nothing. Carbon barrel, carbon stock, car, you know, it's carboned out, as light as it could be. But in all reality, if I could do it light enough, which you can't, I would be shooting a, my AR-10 would be like a 300 Win mag. Like they're, that's what I'll probably build. I'll probably build a 300 Win for my long range, like wolf gun. They're the toughest animal I have ever seen hands down. It doesn't like comparatively, I, I just, I tell people like, people don't understand how tough a coyote is. Just imagine that three, four times the size. And, and like toughness you know yeah yeah and they're like they they're just so they take around unlike any animal you know an, a big elk will take around and you know just stand there you know he'll just soak up some rounds sometimes you know you've seen bulls do that you shoot a wolf behind the shoulder and blow a hole out like this and you, they're at a dead run for like 200 yards and you're like what is happening <laughs> Jeez. It, it's just wild I mean the one I called in for my father-in-law just a month ago a little over a month ago I'm, um uh seven mag, 150 yards like so we, he actually hit it a little high so it shot through its jaw it was quarter two, through his low jaw through the neck into the front of the shoulder into his lungs and it ran And he had to shoot it again like it was not going to stop
0: yeah that was wild you so you had that video on your instagram post that was awesome yeah. how you filmed that um that was awesome that was spotting that. scope that was sweet, i don't know man. how
1: i kept on the wolf it was, that was pure luck keeping on the wolf the whole time because i was just like <laughs> shaking <laughs> trying to keep it on there
0: yeah and at the end here we'll tell everybody where your instagram handle is they can go watch that because it's it's really badass i mean that's that wolf coming up the side of that mountain you guys and him. honestly
1: it's some of the coolest wolf kill footage
0: out there yeah in All my right. opinion
1: and that's the oh. only only one i've got on film like that they, you know, I'm hunting by myself or it's so fast. I don't want to, like, if I had a cameraman, it'd be different. Cause like, I, I swear wolves, like if you, if you go look for good wolf hunting footage, there is very, very little out there. And it's like, it's like, they know like the cameras on them. I swear they're so tough to film.
0: Oh yeah. Do you, do you know that there's a guy out there? My boys were watching it one time. Is it Sterling or something? He yeah. has some wolf kills. Yep. He, he's he got a handful. He shot a wolf. He shot a
1: lot of wolves. He's he's very. He was. uh, He helped me a lot. Um, He hunts them a little bit differently as well. He calls them a little bit different. Does all that. But that guy, one of the best, if not the best, wolf hunter, you know, in these Western states.
0: Is he Montana Um, guy? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Montana guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've literally called him from the mountain while I'm looking at wolves before back in the day, you know, what should I do? Yeah. Like I I can see a pack right now, or I hear a pack. What should I do? So (laughs) yes. Sterling has killed some, some wolves that guy and he's filmed them self filmed.
0: Yeah. That's what impressed me. Yeah. It's wild. (laughs) So when you get this long range gun, would your plan be to pack both in or would you kind of leave them at the truck knowing your train is and say, okay, I'm just going to take the.
1: Yeah. It would depend on the terrain um where i was when i shot that one in october um it was a, it's a perfect scenario for for that ar10 perfect you know i i honestly like i said 65 isn't really ideal for a wolf um but that's just what i could build and uh the it was it was just the ideal scenario cuz my shot in this in this area where i where i took my wife deer hunting it, it's re- it, you got to hike way up on the mountain and it's really rolly and it's it's a burn but it's thick and uh you know you'd be lucky to be able to shoot like 200 yards in most of it and uh i ended up calling in the pack of 10 which is the largest pack i've ever called in i mean if this would have been on film this was <laughs> insanity i mean i called them in on a string and uh, i told my wife that morning we started hiking in the dark and it was eerily quiet like no birds and no squirrels so i told my wife i was like the wolves were just in here a bunch for the last few days or they're in here right now. I just, I had this weird feeling. It was like, just, there wasn't squirrels making noise. It was just like, and and I, I've noticed if there's wolves in an area for a long time, everything just kind of like, you know, they're constantly moving everywhere and they're howling. And it's like, everything just like shuts up totally. That's And I told my wife, I'm like, we're going to see, we're going to see tracks or they're in here. I, I was like, if we don't hear them while we're hiking in, in the dark, they do this, they do what I I call it a bedding howl. So like when they're on their way to their beds or right when they get to their bedding area, they, they, they howl for a little bit, usually late morning. And, uh, so we didn't hear anything at first light and you know, it, it, the, the sun, mm, I think the sun was just coming up. It was kind of overcast and we're hiking around all of a sudden one, one howls, And I'm like, I'm like, I turned around cause we were walking and i was like, do you hear that? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm calling them in guaranteed. Like I knew we were remote where we were. They're not getting called in, you know, and they're not getting educated at all. And, and granted, a, a coyote is very coyotes are super smart and adaptable. I tell everybody like you, you know, this, somebody who's hunting coyotes enough knows this, like there, people don't give coyotes enough credit. Like it, you you call in a coyote and miss it. It's real. It's you gonna get be one one crack. Yeah, exactly. A, a wolf. I'm not joking. Is probably twice as smart, if not more. I, I feel like after all these years, what I've what I've come to the conclusion with wolves is they are they literally. I think to an extent can like actually reason. To an extent, unlike any other animal, it's not just like it. it it's I. I they're a very, very strangely smart animal. You know, it's like a, it's like a dog. I think they have the mind of like a house dog, you know? And, and uh, so, so I, I just knew knowing where we were at, knowing how remote it is, knowing that there wasn't people calling to them, messing with them. I told my wife, that, I said, I will call these wolves in. Like I was so confident, like, especially over the ne- last couple of years, certain scenarios. I just know, like now I'm just like, I can call these wolves in. And that was one of those scenarios. Like, I'm just like, I'll call these wolves in. So we try to get set up. It's real rolly and and where they were. I, I, obviously just like kind of I, you know, I know they're going to try to win me. I've had them do that before. And so I wanted to get set up where, even if they try to win me, I could still shoot them. And, uh, but the thing I was, was I was going to have my wife shoot the first one. I was going to stop one, you know, have her pound the first one. And she had never seen a wolf and she wants to shoot one, you know? And so I'm like, all right, you just pound the first one and then plug your ears. So I got a big break on my six, five <laughs> with the 18 inch barrel and yeah. you'll be deaf, oh, yeah. you know? So I'm like, just shoot, plug your ears. And then I'm just going to dump my 20 round mag that I have in here. <laughs> and, uh, so we, I, I, how, I, howl when I heard him, howl. he responds.
0: How close do you think they were the whole, at this point?
1: Uh, they were, they were right on top of this Ridge. So right at about a mile. Okay. Um, on the ground, you know, and, uh, they, uh, I know that terrain very well. I knew exactly where they were. I knew which route they would take. And uh, so, so that was a huge benefit for me. Well, we we're on this little rise and we got set up almost to the top of it, but there wasn't anything to, to put on our back on the rise. So we had to drop down five yards from the top to have this big so you weren't skyline, lined, right? Yeah. Get up against. No. Cause my back would have been oh. fine really for the skyline. It was just like, I was, I was going to be fully exposed out there. on that oh, hill. Gotcha. And so we had to get in front of this tree. And so I have her on my left. Cause I knew if they, they winded us, they were going to go that way a little bit. And, uh, so I start howling with them and, and, uh, I could, I could hear the way they were howling. They were getting super excited. And so I told my wife, I said, yeah, they're going to come. And, uh, All of a sudden they just boom! shut up. And I told my wife, they're coming right now. They're coming guaranteed. They are running in right now. Like, I'm like, just get ready. And so I just keep walking through. I'm like, just take your time. You know, she has her seven mag. I turn her scope down, make sure everything's good. And I'm like, I have these shooting sticks for her. And I'm like, I'm like, I just want, I'm just going to, whatever one you have the best shot on, take it, but I'm going to stop them when they get here. And we waited for a few minutes and, you know, it seemed like hours. And my wife's like, like are, they, are they coming? And, you know, then I start second guessing in a little bit. But I'm like, <laughs> I know they're coming. And there's a little bit of snow on the ground still. And pretty soon I see movement. I'm like, there they are. And they came exactly from the direction I thought they would with the terrain. The difference is, that, you know, there was a couple different options. They were going to come straight off this little hill and then come through this valley and then come right up to us or they were going to skirt towards our wind side because our wind was kind of blowing at a weird angle and uh and and so the wolves when you call them in a lot of times if you call in a pack they'll either come in rarely do they come in in a line right they kind of just fan out and they come in like this yeah that are like this well, for some reason, I think they were just so fired up that there was another, and they're such a big pack that they were like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna rip this wolf to shreds," you know? Because I was lone wolf howling, yeah, and uh, and they were uh, they were nose to tail on a trail on a line. Like that's what I'm saying. This would have been on film, and my wife had never <laughs> seen a wolf, and this is her first wolf encounter. And it's just like I'm like, here they are, and I see one, boom, 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 and they just keep coming, and I, I'm like. <laughs> i'm like 10 i'm like counting them. i'm like 10 and they're just like tails wagging like oh we're gonna kill this wolf you know and so they're coming down well they kind of start skirting towards the wind side and i'm like i'm like all right they're, they're not going to come straight up well that little rise we were on kind of went down like this and they came across and i i it was a rookie mistake i i, I should have known where we were just off that little hill that if they circled our wind fully I didn't think they would, but I should have known better that that I was going to lose sight of them. Sure as shit. I didn't feel comfortable stopping them right there because I wanted them closer, you know, even though they were probably only 115 yards at this time. And, uh, they circle all of a sudden they start disappearing behind this hill. I'm like, Oh crap. Luckily our wind kind of switching. So it's kind of blowing in our face a little bit. So I, I tell my wife, I'm like, Okay, and actually, I set my wife up on this side because I thought more than likely they'd come straight through this little opening. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like turn. it's on my turn, turn, turn. They're gonna. Po- I'm like he's gonna pop up right here. So she's like turning while I'm sitting right here, and she's trying to like turn around at an awkward <laughs> angle. All of a sudden, 15 yards, this big head pops up. You can see his half of his chest and his head, and I'm like, I'm like shoot him, shoot him, and he's just staring a hole through us, and I'm like shoot him. And she's like, I can't. And she, cause she was at such a weird angle. She couldn't swing. Oh, you know? Get all the way around. Yeah, she couldn't. And I'm, I'm like this, you know, cause she's. <laughs> muzzle break right out in front of your yeah, face. I, yeah. Luckily she's a muzzle <laughs> breaking. I, I knew I was going to lose my vision. So I was just like, shoot him, shoot him. And uh, she's like, I can't. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go, uh, my gun's sitting like right here, you know? So I lift my gun up. He's just staring at me. I get it all the way up on him. I'm like, oh, you're dead, dude. <laughs> click. <laughs> I go, click. I'm like, I'm like, shoot him. So I literally do this. My wife takes her seven mag. my little scrawny skinny wife, puts it on her bicep, the stock, and just aims the gun without even looking through the scope. and just goes, boom. <laughs> the scope, the, the wolf disappears. I'm like, start shooting. I stand up. I go to rack a shell in because I thought, I thought I hadn't put a round in. Well, that morning, ARs aren't meant to be treated softly. Right. And so that morning, I I racked one in quietly to try to stay quiet. So it didn't seat all the
0: way. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, so, so I, my firing pin actually touched my primer. Even it was a little mark on it, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't seated all the way. So it couldn't, it couldn't, you know, it couldn't make the gun go off. So, well, it also wasn't good enough to grab it. So when I go to put another round in, I oh, double-feed double feed it all. on <laughs> top of a round. So I am – it's just the wolves are running everywhere. I'm, I, I'm dro- I drop my mag. That bullet falls out. I, I remembered this. That's the reason I know my bullet didn't go off is because – so I should have a round in there, right? And I could just put my mag back in. Well, I eject that round, put my mag in. Put another round in and then I just start boom 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 you know just throwing lead through the trees I'm dude the smoke clears I'm literally
0: sick to your stomach
1: oh dude I, I built this gun for this scenario I've been waiting for this scenario for 10 years to call in a whole pack like that a big pack I was literally ready to grab that thing by the barrel and wrap it around a freaking tree even though it was my fault you know and we walk up there she didn't shoot she didn't hit that one uh, I'm sure she probably just ripped the bullet right by his face and i'm like i think i hit one of those i'm not sure i'm just sick to my stomach dude i'm like go look to see where those tracks went and i walk down there and i'm looking well i come back i don't see any blood there's wolf tracks everywhere i come back in the snow and i come back and i'm just like sick to my stomach freaking out and then uh my wife's like, man, if you would have, if you'd have, if I would have shot that one and you'd shot one, all you would have had to do is stand up and you would have shot those two that ran that way. And, and I'm like, what? Cause I thought they all ran straight away and back. And some someone that I shot at ran exactly where they came from. And she's like, no, two ran up the hill. And, uh, I'm like, so in my mind, I know if you shoot one, especially if you kill one, but if they spread out, they, they do, I call it a roll call. After you shoot at them, a lot of times they'll start howling again. So they're trying to gather all the wolves back up. You know, they wait for all the howls. Yeah. Yeah. I call it a roll call and then they gather back up and usually they'll go the same way they came from in most cases. And so when she told me those two ran that way, I let out a little howl real quick. One of them answered, right. The ones that I shot at, they ran that way. And I knew there was two over there. So I, I was like, I'm like, I'm going. She's like, go. I just start sprinting through this deadfall, get up on the hill. As soon as I get up over, he howled again on my run over there, one of them over there. And I get up on the hill and I just drop down, and there's a wolf, 150 yards, just like trotting, looking around, you know, they, and I just boom, boom drop him. <laughs> he gets back up, shot him again. He dies, and I keep howling. And uh, eventually, I hear those two circling all the way around. They howled again and they met up with all of them. And then they they were howling for the one I shot for like 20 minutes. They howled back and forth with me. And they they were just over a little rise at like 250 yards. And they never I I thought for sure one was going to pop back up. But so luckily I ended up killing one out of it because I know you know what they do in that scenario, or else I would have not ever even saw that wolf right there. But in all reality, I, I the way that, that one ran, the way the first ones ran, the way the other ones ran, I probably could have killed three or four if, if everything would have went smooth with the gun. So <laughs> I, I'm still so sick about that. Uh, so sick. It's going to happen, again, man. That was my fault. That was that setup. There's that, that, that little, that five-yard difference. Because as soon as I stood up, I could see them. So that's why if I would have shot and stood up, I would have saw the ones running away. and. You know, when they're running in a line away, they're so much easier to shoot. Oh yeah. Instead of cutting across. And uh there was that little, you know, it's just like a coyote, they just that 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 the way they winded or the way they they just knew like, oh, let's just go around this little hill. <laughs> it was they're so smart. They're so hard. To it's
0: going to happen, man. I'm going to be looking forward to it. Next fall, you're going to whack, like, you're going to get a triple a quad. I, I know. Yeah, it's going to happen.
1: happen, man. It's going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to shoot. I, I've been saying that forever. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to call them, like, a pack of four and kill them all. Because I suppose, you
0: know, I suppose you're running suppressed now. Are you running suppressed on any of those guns? No, no I, I'm on
1: it right now. Yeah. So I, 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 say, will be. I,
0: I can only imagine if you get a pack in, like, that close and you start shooting suppressed, they oh, probably that's... don't even know what's going on
1: those guys those those stuck in the rut guys um he killed four and he was suppressed and you could only see 100 yards to a little cut in the road and they just kept coming out suppressed and he shot That's four a, on i thin. saw that
0: post on on instagram he had four of them laying there he says i got my first quad and wolves and i remember yep. reading that uh, earlier this fall and he
1: told me he was like no way it would happen without suppressed When i was talking to him he's like i would have killed one probably yeah, I so I, yeah i got I gotta shoot suppress wolves like that's the final <laughs> thing that I need, but yeah man they're uh i'm I'm hooked I, I you know I bow hunt everything and I'm obsessed with bow hunting, but all I want to do is is uh wolf hunt now. Jeez,
0: well, so the last thing I'm curious about what what is it I know what a typical day of coyote hunting looks like for me and most guys i mean what's a, if you specifically specifically were going out after wolves tomorrow, what would your day look like? start to finish?
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm actually going out Friday, but uh, oh, nice. the uh, the it's you gotta locate them, you gotta see them or hear them or find f- fresh fresh sign. And when i submit fresh sign, I mean it can't be day old sign. They could be thirty miles away, like it's got to be like hours old, and they still could be a long long ways off. Um, but it's you gotta try to locate them some way. You gotta have them howling, which.
0: So eaten. you're leaving your house. What you most of your drives getting up in the mountains, hour, two hours kind of deal?
1: Yeah, I'm actually I'll actually be night hunting them on Friday. Oh, that's nice. legal now. Oh, that's in right. Idaho. I did hear about I, that. Got my, yeah, I got yeah. I finally got my permit for that. So uh uh I was I went out two weeks ago and did it and we were on the wolves and they were just too far away. And I think they had an elk kill because they didn't move for like six hours they held with me, like a mile away. Um, but uh but now, especially where I'm hunting right now, it's getting it's getting pressured a little bit. Those wolves are getting pressured. Um, my father-in-law shot that one out um, of that pack, but now they're getting they're getting pressured. I I actually know a couple other guys who are in there, which is it stinks because man, for years I had that place to myself and that pack <laughs> oh, to myself, but uh, but now I think I think it at night. I think it's like coyotes. I think they're going to be. I don't know because I haven't done it enough, but. I, You know, two weeks ago, it was confirmed to me that they're way more vocal in the middle of the night. Way more vocal. Like even, and I know they're getting pressured, and they're still super vocal. I just like kind of. And I do not think. Yep, and I do not think they will howl right now. I don't think that pack will howl in the daylight at all with the pressure.
0: Nice. So walk, so so walk um... me through back when you were when you day hunt them. I'm just curious. I want people to know kind of the amount of work and amount of miles. So walk me through a, a, a typical day hunt start to finish yeah so
1: either 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 i'm on a snowmobile or my father-in-law has a side-by-side with tracks so uh, a lot of times you know hopefully i'll find brand new fresh tracks i'm covering ground that way um and then trying to hear them you know just on their own just letting them howl on their own in the morning
0: like a first light kind Uh, of or like uh we talked about or heading into their bedding areas a little bit later yeah
1: they'll do that bedding howl or that first light howl or then if i'm hiking too it's the same thing Again, they move so much hiking. I'd kill the wolf doing that, but it's, it's, and now my father-in-law, we actually hiked in for that. No, we, we, we heard them and then we went in after them, but I've shot one where I just hiked in assuming they were going to be close same thing, waited to hear them or try to glass them up. And I've actually glassed them up quite a few times. If you know, they always bed on the ridge tops, so you can really focus your, your glassing you know, it's a lot easier to glass than you think because you're focusing on those ridge tops. You don't have to look down low. You don't have to look on the side of the mountain. You know, they're traveling those ridgetops yeah, yeah. or they're betting on those ridgetops.
0: So similar so to Big Game, I mean, you are are you setting up for when you're glassing? Is it just stopping for a quick five-minute glassing? or Are you sitting there for maybe no. an hour? Yeah, really it just it? depends
1: on the terrain, but a lot of it, I mean, you got a wolf is very camouflaged when they're not moving and they're bedded there like very. So you, you gotta, you gotta pick it apart.
0: And that's what you're assuming during the day when you're hunting during the day, is like a coyote, a lot of times so that whole most vast part of the daytime, they're laid up yeah. somewhere.
1: Yep. I think if they're not getting pressured or, or it's super remote, I think they'd be a lot, they'll, they, what I, I, I see them a lot more active later in the day, especially if it's not hot, you know, if it's cool um they'll stay a lot more active you know 11 noon um but uh yeah if they're if if it's if it's not as remote or it's or it's getting pressured then yeah it's like big game Then they're bed, they're 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 leaving the low stuff early and getting up and heading towards our beds nice nice so but you just like you're just you're i mean you're hiking no matter what either even if you're driving up on a glassing point and glassing from there, like, you know, when you find them, you're usually, and it's, it's winter hiking. So it's not fun in the snow. So you're, <laughs> I, I mean, I put on a lot of miles for wolves.
0: Uh, not for the faint of heart. That's for sure.
1: No, I mean, I literally, I am specifically, I was going to shoot at that gray one. Um, I, I glass them all in their beds once with my father-in-law and, uh, and a buddy and, uh, <laughs> I drove around the hill while they stayed in glass. I was going to sneak up. it probably only been a 200 yard shot of them in their beds. If I got to the top of this hill, I, I forgot my snowshoes and the way the powder was and how deep it was. Cause they're almost at the top of the mountain. I made it. I think I made it almost 300 yards, which was about a quarter of the way where I needed to go in like 45 minutes. <laughs> Dripping sweat. I mean, I was working my tail off. <laughs> And then I literally had to stop and turn back. I'm like, I can't, this isn't effective. It's going to take me, like if I shot one, it had taken me seven hours of hiking. If I could physically do it just to get down to them and then hike back up. Yeah. Snowshoes, (laughs) snowshoes would have changed a lot of that. I probably would have, honestly, I would have killed that big gray one if I had snowshoes (laughs) and I forgot them at home. So That's wild.
0: (laughs) man that was great dude that was some awesome stories i love the stories more than anything you know i think people yeah. will too. you know wolf. like you said I've, i have this fascination with wolves as a predator hunter they're the i mean they're the top it's the top of the food chain yep. you know and yep. it's just a, a fascinating fascinating thing so if anybody wants to follow along you know obviously you have a big following on instagram and and whatnot you post all your unfiltered uh wolf hunting content um, yeah was at at beyond the backcountry so it is yeah, nice beyond, the back country. yeah yep. beyond the backcountry.
1: Yeah, beyond the country Yeah, and so I and then I work for a I work for an optics company right on optics. So at Arizona, I'm the brand manager for them. So nice. Go be sure to check them out. So heck yeah, man.
0: Heck yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to do this again next year. I want to hear when I see on your Instagram page that you kill a whole pack of them one of these times.
1: It, it's happening. You, you, you got to come back on happen. because I
0: want to I want to hear the story on on that for sure. <laughs> it's gonna happen
1: this fall. I'm gonna go back in. I'm gonna go back in out of that out, after that big pack of ten. Um, I think I'll, I'll I'll get back on them this year at some point, and uh, it's gonna happen. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully I hopefully I kill one this weekend. So
0: heck yeah. Well, I'm curious to see how that thermal thing goes. I think it's a huge. It kind of changed the game for a while with the, with the coyote hunting in a lot of areas. For sure. You know, I mean, it's kind of getting to the point now. Where everybody's kind of doing it. Um, yep, And now, know,
1: now they, they made that legal, you know, in Idaho. And we, unfortunately we, it, it stops at the end of March. So this would be my last time trying to do it at, you yeah, know, at yeah. night this year, but.
0: Heck yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing how that turns out, man. Well, thanks again for uh, tuning into the Eastman's predator pros podcast for this episode of Zach Owens. I want to thank lucky duck predator calls, swagger, bipods, six hour optics Onyx hunt, Cryptic. Hornady, Black Rifle Coffee Company, and of course, Eastman's for putting this all together. Be sure and check out Eastman's.com for everything that they got going on. So until next time, thanks for listening. We'll catch you right here on Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast.